Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Gunfire Reborn, uh, a game that was developed by Do Ye Games, uh, published by Do Ye Games and 505 Games, and was released in 2021 on Windows, iOS, Android, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, Switch, PS4, and PS5. Yeah, on the Wikipedia page, it said TBA under PS4, <laughs> PS5, and Switch. Oh. It was like at the bottom and not like above them, so I don't know how many consoles that applies to. True. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, when we become world famous, uh-huh. we don't know when that's going to be. It'll just be sometime in the future. But it definitely will happen. It'll be on those consoles by then. Yeah. So uh, don't worry. Uh- <laughs> future generations. Yeah. Uh, but first, <laughs> if you could give us a like or a rating, it'd be greatly appreciated. Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, so this game, Gunfire Reborn, uh, is a first-person shooter action roguelike game. Uh, we're doing roguelikes this year. Uh, that seems to be the theme. Uh, <laughs> and it is, uh, it's interesting. I think I've seen everything this game does in other games before and it just does some stuff a little differently in a way it feels like a very made by committee style of game where it has a lot of different elements that all pile up into its whole that all feel pretty familiar if you're somebody who's played fps games before i think the closest comparison to make would probably be to something like borderlands Mm -hmm. i I, i'm not sure about this so please tell me that i'm wrong (laughs) if you know or someone in the comments can tell me but i think this is a chinese studio it is yeah okay It, it it feels like a game made by a chinese studio it does um and i don't really know how to, to describe that but if you're a big video game nerd you probably know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. something about it does i don't know if it feels designed by committee but something about it feels like i don't know like off or a little strange uh yeah i i kind of got that it's um i think to me the biggest thing is the translations yeah, that's uh, part of it. Yeah, because it's, it's not poorly translated. Like, you don't read it and go like, ha well, I don't understand what that means at all. It's just like, you can tell that there are obvious errors in the translation, because the game has a lot of text, uh, particularly in, in ability scores, which is something that we'll get to. Uh, but it is like, they pop up every now and then and remind you that the game is not, like, natively in, in English. Uh, and that does, it keeps you in the mindset, like, okay, this is a foreign game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's made by a, f- like, for a foreign audience. Like, it feels like a Chinese studio trying to make something that will appeal in the West. Yeah. And not knowing exactly how to do that as seamlessly <laughs> as, like, maybe Japan does, who's R- been doing it since the 80s. True. And also... One of the other things is, I believe, I might be wrong about this, so tell me in the comments, or (laughs) you, uh, if I'm wrong, but the characters in the game, uh, in addition to having Chinese names, also have, uh, they're all animal characters, and I think that they are based on characters from Journey to the West, Mm. which is like the big, most famous 
Yeah, I thought they were zodiac signs. Oh, that's probably what it yeah. is, actually. Like dog, rabbit. The turtle, I guess, could be a dragon. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, monkey. Uh, tiger. There's if a, I didn't already say that. Yeah, there's a uh, panda that's like the bartender. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it, they all fit within the Chinese zodiac. It probably is zodiac. I never think of anything related to <laughs> astrology in my yeah. whole life. So it did not occur to me even to think <laughs> about it. I thought of the one Chinese thing that I'm very familiar with. And they do. They map on kind of the same. There's like a character who's a monkey. Yeah. Character, all that stuff. So, um yeah, so that is that's to me the the stuff that really uh, calls it out. There is one other thing that I hesitate because I don't think this is really associated with games as much. Mm-hmm. Though I think if you're in the mobile game market, it probably is more so. This game is like the opposite of polished. <laughs> it's like pretty jank, all things considered. And it it's interesting because it isn't like a buggy, broken mess. It's just a game. That just looks like it has elements that they meant to do stuff with and just haven't yet. Uh, there's, like, fences that are very short, extend infinitely <laughs> into the sky. Uh, like, invisible boxes and stuff. Uh, and, yeah, the the translation errors, the menus feel very bare bones, that kind of thing. I, I think th- it is associated with mobile games from China, but I think it's also associated with all mobile games at this point. That yeah. most of them are hurried out the door to try and make money. Yeah, it almost kind of feels like this might have been a studio that used to make mobile games and like wanted to try and make something more uh, substantial. Yeah, some bigger. Yeah. Uh, and and I say that now. I want to like get ahead of it. <laughs> Uh, because I do want to talk about this stuff, like some of the presentation aspects, like the stuff that a first-time player is going to see when they jump into the game. But, like, in the end, like, the game is fun. It's engineered toward making you have fun. And so you will have fun even despite the issues that it, it has. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure that's all the game cares about, is funneling you into doing a bunch of stuff with your friends. Uh, and then everything else is is what falls by the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I remember you said something uh, when we started playing this game for the first time. Okay. Uh, and it was about how you didn't like the art style in the, in like the, the, the trailer, trailer. Yeah. But in motion, you thought it looked better. Um just like yeah, general look and feel of the game. Like I, I, I have some thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, you had some concrete idea before. Yeah, like the speaking of mobile games, uh, I yeah. think the trailer makes it look like a. I feel like this was like an early twenty teens kind of trend. Like Clash of Clans comes to mind, where they just dump all this money into this like CG animated trailer. Yeah, that's not representative of like what the game looks like at all. Um, it had that kind of energy. It's not as big of a difference, but like it just it looked unappealing. There's something about like whoever they got to do the trailer. I don't think translated the look very well, in my opinion. Um, but, um, yeah, in game, I think it looks pretty nice. It has this cartoony art style. All the characters are very, like, short and squat, Uh um, kind of cute. And, um, yeah, and it has this kind of look. I don't know if this has a name, 
but like you can kind of see that things are made of polygons yeah but it feels like a style choice like i know i've seen it in other things like it's intentionally done and i think it looks good with all these like cartoony animal characters right yeah there's a really stark contrast between obviously the main playable characters and we've talked about this in games all the way up the echelons of AAA, like Final Fantasy X, where obviously the the main characters got a ton more attention than some guy on the street with his butt cheeks hanging out, mm-hmm. um, which is every character in Final Fantasy X. Um, but in in this game, like you can see the difference between like the animal characters, but then also like in a later stage, there's like Kappa and the octopus enemy. Uh, in that, like, fishing town level. Yeah, and, like, the umbrella yokai thing. Yeah, and they all look great as well, but then the enemies in the first area are, like, the fighting polygon They're, team. Really, like, terracotta warriors is what I think they're supposed to be. I, yeah, that is, that's what they're based on, but, like, the way that they're rendered, they just look like Minecraft men. Yeah, they're very simple. Yeah, like, they look almost like uh, something you'd doodle in a sketchbook yeah if you only had to draw with a big square stamp <laughs> you just had to angle it to yeah. make a face it looks like a, a metal gear solid one snake face <laughs> but not blurry it's like a crisp <laughs> polygonal face uh-huh that's where i'm landing on it uh, yeah, and I, personally i find the art like the, i think the whole look of this game is like <laughs> boring mm. and bland bordering on cool like the <laughs> the animal characters and the the enemies have like a cool look to them and it's like something that i want pushed a little bit more cuz how it is right now i feel like it ends up sort of blending in and you don't really see the characters that much yeah in gameplay so there's part of it that i really like i like what they're going for with the design mm-hmm. it's like Zodiac symbols, but cute. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Um, but, yeah, there's something... I just wish there was, like, a little bit more, but I realize it may be asking too much of this game. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I, I like the um, the environments are very much just, like, stock video game environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a, it's one... First one's, like, a tr- dungeon full of traps. Then you got desert fishing town well the, that one's a little bit weird because it's got like weird uh yokai monsters in it yeah and then you've got snowy mountain mm-hmm. with, um, with polar bears yeah. and stuff like you would expect so yeah like it, it the the i think the characters have like a nice cartoony design and i think it makes you like kind of expect maybe a little bit more like creativity in the levels or yeah. the enemy design and it, it it does lack a little bit of that polish that makes it feel all like cohesive Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the enemies uh, in the first stage really stand out. It's weird that it puts that foot forward because they, they don't feel like they belong to the same game as yeah. everything else. Like, I think, like, the things, the enemies from the desert and, like, the snowy mountain feel like they're from the same game. Right. But then the fishing town and the... The terracotta the dun- yeah, the terracotta dungeon <laughs> uh, feel like they're from separate you know just entirely different uh media mm-hmm. completely and from each other as well it's not yeah. like there's two games here it's like you've got yokai watch <laughs> and the terracotta dungeon <laughs> and gunfire reborn it's yeah. like three games in one really um i apologize <laughs> right now for going off on this tangent so early um 
why are rabbits a... Well, okay, why is not a good question. Uh-huh. Rabbits are a sex symbol, seemingly. Because of Playboy. Yeah, and because I guess rabbits fuck a lot. That's that like too, a thing yeah. about rabbits. That's, I'm sure that's why they called Playboy Playboy. Yeah. Or so, made the logo a rabbit. Right. So I guess the question has been answered culturally <laughs> for decades. We found the point of origin <laughs> yes and now i think we've gone the other way and found the one where you just stop doing it because we're <laughs> it's 2023 now and it's extremely weird because i just had to mention it because all the character designs are really good except for that stupid rabbit <laughs> uh who just has like tits for no reason yeah who you were playing in the capture footage yes so, yeah. so it'll be on if screen. you're watching on youtube you can see yeah uh yeah it's it, I don't know. It's strange. Um, yeah, it's weird because of how specifically. I mean, like this kind of stuff crops up in lots of things uh, from time to time, like just sexu- uh, sexualized anthropomorphic animals. Mm-hmm. But it's weird when it's specifically the rabbit. Yeah, like there's look like at a, you, low punny. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like a Pokemon <laughs> that is a sexy rabbit. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, it is kind of strange. Yeah. It's just an unusual world that we live in mm-hmm. that that <laughs> this is like a trope. And it's global. It's a global trope. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. Enough uh, people grow up with it, I guess. As is true. Like Lola Bunny or some shit. Lola Bunny has to be the progenitor of all of this. Yeah. Like, she's the one who made cartoon rabbits <laughs> a thing to be ogled. Maybe Who Framed Roger Rabbit has something to do with it. Because you have Jessica Rabbit, whose name, name is, is Rabbit. Rabbit. Maybe from some wires got crossed for some people. <laughs> people have never seen it before. <laughs> they just imagine a Jessica Rabbit in yeah. that movie. Um Anyway, that's where that's where I'm at with that. Um, well, I'm, just, glad, I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> needed to be said. Um, we should talk about the the characters from a more mechanical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ca- I know that in the capture footage, I'm playing a character that you never played. Yeah, and you're playing the only character that I never played. So we didn't get the full smorgasbord. Uh, fucking experience of playing every character in the game. Mm-hmm. I tried. Uh, I played most of the characters and mostly finished, uh, r- like runs with all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were a couple that I just hated so much I could not. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it is. I think that the design of the characters, as far as the gameplay goes, is very interesting. I think that they did a really good job of separating them and i know that the two that we were are playing in the footage are both dlc characters Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder if they've now put themselves in a bit of a corner uh and in making new characters because like every time you boot the game there's a roadmap that's like dlc is coming out down the line quarter two 2023 uh yeah, I don't know. I I know that you found the character that you liked and settled on him pretty quickly. So I don't know if you had the same experience. Um, I I played a handful of them. Like I played the monkey. I played the fox. I played the turtle, who is my favorite. Uh-huh. And I played the bird. Yes. Those are the ones that I played. Um, yeah, and they they felt felt different from each other for the most part. The monkey felt the most. Um, unremarkable or like the least <laughs> unique, I guess I should say. Like he wasn't bad, uh, or I didn't dislike playing him anyway. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I think they did like a surprisingly good job of differentiating them, differentiating them because when I did the tutorial, I assumed they'd all play more similarly. Yeah, same. I, I think you play the monkey, or no, there's like a rabbit. It's a cat. A uh, cat, the yeah. The crown prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, a cat. Because I don't think any of us ever played the cat in a regular game. Uh, I, I did uh, once, I think, and then I switched. I played the monkey and then unlocked the dog. And the dog is, in, in my estimation, just the best character in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh and I ended up liking the rabbit as well um, when I played her. So those two characters to me are like the ones that spoke to me, and they're both just characters that use automatic weapons. That's kind right. of like what it is I liked about them. Uh, but even that's interesting to me because, like, I like that each character's little branching skill trees sort of funnel you into a kind of weapon that is going to be good for them specifically, mm-hmm. uh, and. That is like I. That is a good goal to work for in a game that has randomized loot like this one does. Um. So, yeah, <laughs> characters good. Liked them. Check. Yeah, I feel like the characters all have names. They do, and I hope that it does. If someone is a really big fan listening to this, they are annoyed that we're just going to call them by what animal they are. I mean, it should be noted that we played this game. Uh, with somebody who has like 90 hours in it, and they don't know the names of the characters either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that the dog's name is a two word name and it has the word bow in it. Mm. And I know the crown prince. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't really remember any of the other ones. I think there's the towel. I could be wrong. That's a Greek letter, also. <laughs> I don't know. Might be their name, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't. It it would help this instance, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much this needs helped. But this is one of those polished things that I'm talking about. Like under the health bar, just like toss the name down there, bud, and I'd remember it a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> if it was just always on screen, but uh, it isn't, and so I don't. <laughs> uh, and th- that goes for pretty much anything. Like I remember. Uh, in Borderlands, we mm-hmm. talked about that, um, but we didn't talk about the ones where the characters have names. Uh, outside of the the like, when I started those games for the first time, because they also don't have the character names on the screen, mm-hmm. I always would just call them by the class name, and I think that would apply here as well. But once again, no class names here, so it's just a name that they don't ever tell you anything. Uh, about again, unless you're on the character select screen, so right. it's it is strange, mm-hmm. uh, and I wish that I knew them, but I don't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so what is it? What made you like the turtle? Um, well, the design obviously drew me to him True. initially. Um, he's like a a squat little turtle man who's got like tattoos like on his arms like tribal tattoos and he's got goggles mm-hmm. um it's just a fun design um and I, I do like i ended up liking his like his q and e moves um he has like a he can activate a shield and he'll just punch guys uh and i do tend to like a character that has like a melee option uh in a game like this so um yeah, he just felt kind of natural to play to me. Like, to switch between, like, shooting and melee is something that's easy to wrap your head around. And having yeah. a shield is nice. 
Yeah, the shield does that. I I should unlock him eventually, but I right now no current plans to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh because the those t- the two DLC characters for some reason cost the game's main currency, which is they what we can to level up. Yeah, which we could talk about if we'd like to. There's um uh this game is a roguelite game. Uh in the truest sense of roguelite where the more you play it it becomes vastly vastly easier uh and it does the hades thing where after you have finished leveling you can then delve the game can just get progressively harder and harder uh to keep up with the challenge and it basically just makes it a big race for big numbers that that doesn't really change too much about it um i think probably the 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 biggest disappointment to me was after the first level of what's called incarnation in the game, you, it that unlocks like some options that change the gameplay, and make it different. Mm-hmm. But the further you go into it, it really does just seem to scale up like pretty linearly, uh, and so you don't end up like having a ton of uh, like new options by going up in difficulty. You just get more currency, mm-hmm. uh, and as we saw, the currency doesn't really do anything after you have unlocked the skill tree, and then you get the characters. Because uh, we have a we have a friend who played this with us who just had functionally infinite currency because he had nothing else to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anytime that something cost currency, he would just throw. He's like, "This is free." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think getting to that point is a little bit strange in a game like this. Yeah. It also, I feel like, yeah, I know it's a it's a roguelite, so you don't want like a run to last too long. Mm-hmm. But like once you've like beaten it a couple of times, it it feels like very samey mm-hmm. to go through the levels over and over again on repeat runs. Yeah, I think the way that they do the roguelite or the level design part of it. And I know I said we were going to talk about the skill tree, but I'm kicking that can down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like what it does is they load you into the same map every time, and then it just changes what pathways are open. So it doesn't... It's not as... Like, it's more random than Curse to Golf was, but it's less random than something like Hades is, mm-hmm. where the rooms there's like a bunch of different combination of combinations of rooms. In this one, it's like f- four rooms per area, and then four areas per biome and a boss, and something then, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's just not a a whole lot of differentiation between it. Um, I had fun just experimenting with different builds and stuff, mm-hmm. but I do worry that the game will lack legs. For somebody who's looking to put hours into it in the way that you could Binding of Isaac. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an outlier. Mm-hmm. I don't like to dump a ton of time into a multiplayer game, but like I feel like it it feels like a game that definitely doesn't have legs to me. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like the point at which you it would just start to feel too repetitive would come too fast. Yeah. And there's other barriers to that that I don't want to dive into now because I don't want to dump everything out right here. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think that in the end is going to be what I think is the biggest problem with the games. I, I feel like it does not vary itself nearly enough. Um, but yeah, you do. You have to make runs a bunch. You got to mm-hmm. do a bunch of runs to get cash to level up. Uh, and that's good. You should have to work 
to get all of the stuff, but as you said, the the progression does start to get a little bit repetitive. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, talking about the skill tree is is interesting because it, it's it is a it's a big skill tree, and then there's a tiny little baby skill tree for each character, mm. and. The the baby skill tree with five entries in yeah, it. It's just a linear line. It's just a of straight abilities. line. Yeah. And they are have way more impact than anything in the big tree for like most of the game. Uh and it's weird because you only have one currency. And so whenever you complete runs, you get currency and then the currency can be spent on the baby skill tree, on the big skill tree, or to unlock characters. And then there's ways to pay it for mechanics later but i'm not worried about that is the currency called souls in game or is that just what we were calling it as a joke uh because <laughs> i never quite knew right it is it's called soul something mm. or something souls it's a two-word name, like mm. Soul Coin or whatever. Like it's a cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it would make sense because they are kind of like in the shape of a little coin. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if that's exactly right. Uh, but obviously, we just called them souls because it's easy. Yeah, and we've been calling currency <laughs> souls for uh, since twelve years now. Or yeah. <laughs> Whenever I go out and buy things, I'm like, oh, how many souls is that? <laughs> 70 souls, <laughs> greedy devs. <laughs> I remember when these were 60 souls. Um, yeah. That, that good bit. We did it. <laughs> I've derailed you. I don't remember what you were talking about before. Uh, just the skill tree. I think, I think the skill right, tree right. was, uh, it's pretty basic at the beginning, and then it gets, like, you get pretty wild abilities for a game like this near the end. Not, like, big gameplay-changing things, but, like, things that I guess I didn't expect it to branch into. There's a ton of, of deeper mechanics, than I, all of which I'm glad are there for the sake of not making the game too repetitive, uh, that you just don't unlock for, like, a really long time. Uh, and to me, it puts it in kind of a weird position because we ended up playing the game with somebody who had a lot of experience with it mm-hmm. uh which helped who us hard carried us yeah in the and, beginning <laughs> yeah the early parts uh and so it's like it's weird because i feel like it's incentivizing the game clearly incentivizes multiplayer play yeah like it once when you load up the game it immediately has four open slots on screen with just your one dude standing alone Right. Really calling attention to the fact that there aren't other people surrounding you. Uh, so just from that visual alone, you're like, oh, they want this to be done as a multiplayer thing. Yeah. But if you just gr- did grinding runs from the easy difficulty with people who are brand new to the game, it would take so long <laughs> to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it would. the repetitive nature of it would be much worse than our experience with it. Uh, and end up grinding new players into the ground, just bored as shit. Yeah. <laughs> going through the same thing over and over again so they can just get enough, like, damage and health to make it to the end of the run. Yeah. I played this for about, I think, 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And I I think I was, I'm level 79, and I have about half of the skill tree filled in. Right. So, to give you perspective. Yeah. And one DLC character unlocked. Yeah. 
And yeah, and I have also one DLC character unlocked. I, I'm at level like 104 mm-hmm. or something. Uh, and yeah, it's, it was, and it, it, you know, it, we invested time. The, as far as podcast games go, this mm-hmm. is about average of the amount of time that we played it. I probably played it a little bit longer than most games, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right around that. Uh, and yeah, we're about halfway to the... <laughs> <laughs> to the goal. Yeah. I think having a full skill tree puts you at level 178 as the game is now. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to, to get through. And then you, we, I still haven't unlocked certain things that change how the game plays in, in certain ways. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot there's a lot there. And I think for some people that's going to be a big selling point. Yeah. Uh, but for people like me, I'm like, man, you've got to call up my friend who who's level 178 <laughs> to fucking burn through this so I can unlock recycling, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an intimidating thing, like having to, to build up the currency for it. But that's that's kind of what I got on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything to really add um, <laughs> as far as the skill tree goes. Um yeah, yeah, it does feel like, and I guess it's, like, a good thing, but I guess the speed at which it happens is, like, the thing uh, that makes it feel good or bad, mm-hmm. is, like, it. Do, it is nice that you're always working towards something, but it does feel like it comes a little too slow. Yeah, I, I think just specifically the stuff at the end of the tree, for me, mm-hmm. it should be cheapened and moved up a little bit, and then put very... Uh, more minor improvements at the bottom. Like you have to get like into the sixties in levels before you unlock inscriptions, mm. which are or rare inscriptions, which is just better guns. And like for most runs on like the second difficulty or higher, you need a good weapon to, to get there. Um, unless you were just hard built into using skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing is that you have to forego leveling up to level up your character. And if your character's not at least got like three or so of those, it doesn't feel like you're playing a character. It feels like you're playing a very like neutered version of them. Right. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like the if the character tree was a little cheaper and they shuffled the bottom couple tiers around... Uh, it would probably feel better to, to progress. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that. Um, so one thing I wanted to touch on that I guess is kind of related to this is we we played a lot, mostly with other people mm-hmm. um, while uh, playing this game, but we did play once just the two of us. In the, and it turned uh, out we couldn't make we it. We couldn't make it even <laughs> if we tried, um, you and I. But um, the amount... It's so much harder with just two people, and I know there is an ability, apparently, you can get that makes it so you don't take damage when you revive somebody, Mm -hmm. but we didn't have that ability, Right, and we died a bunch (laughs) trying to res each other, Yeah, and I just, I feel like that's so lame. (laughs) Like, if that's, like, an ability you can get, I feel like it should be an early ability to get, because, like... Especially, like, the early game is when you're going to need that the most. I mean, I guess not necessarily, but, like, that's the thing that's going to, like, help people get into your game. Right. Is if, like, you know, if you start a run for and you're playing it for, like, 25 minutes and then you die, 
trying to like revive each other like that puts a bad taste in your mouth yeah the what the ability does specifically just in case there are any pedants in the audience is it makes it so that if you take lethal damage your health stays at one while Mm. you're reviving um so and and it is helpful to have and does work i i now have the ability it's nice uh but i agree otherwise i think that the difficulty is scaled in a bizarre way that is really antithetical to solo play uh because in solo play you get one revive and if you don't and if you use it it costs currency right and if you don't use it you just start over which is more like a traditional roguelite right this game allowing revives in itself is like a that's a thing that isn't normally there uh or it is like on a skill tree this is just unlocked from the beginning uh, and so, when you're playing a multiplayer, you're, the longevity of your play is is greatly expanded. Just having two people and being able to pick people up. I think the problem is that the game's punishment for dying mm-hmm. is both too lenient and too harsh at the same time, and it needs to converge to a middle ground because it's too if it should either be pretty easy to res people and they revive at the end of a room if you don't save them mm-hmm. or if somebody dies they're gone and also like it makes the other players weaker or something so that there isn't a period of time where somebody's playing and then other people are not playing <laughs> and are just watching because mm-hmm. uh, that's the most feels bad that it can get like if you die and then somebody moves on, and you have to wait for them to either res you from a merchant, which can happen occasionally, or complete a stage and a boss for you to come back. There's a lot of just sitting around for that player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think there needs to be some kind of like uh, movement on one side or the other, because yeah, it sucks ass uh, to die and not get rest. Yeah. <laughs> But then it also feels anticlimactic to, like, just constantly be picking each other up. It's what the downstacks system is for. Right. But I think it takes so long to, like, get to the point where somebody can't res you that you sometimes end up in those death loops where you're just like, ugh, hold on, ugh, now I'm dead. Yeah, they keep dying, yeah. (laughs) Uh, In a chain. Yeah, I think that's a good call out. Um, yeah, it just, it stood out to me so much because mm-hmm. like playing with like three or four people, I felt like we only had like maybe two runs I can remember that we didn't beat the game. Yeah. Uh, once again, we were being hard carried by people who've been <laughs> playing it for a long time, but like even still, I feel like even if it was just me, you and two other people who were also new to the game, we would have made it way further with four people like each time than we could with two. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have beaten the game solo on the lowest difficulty, and not... I I actually came, to me, tantalizingly close on Elite, Mm. uh, and that just meant getting to the third stage. I normally (laughs) just get walled by the the second boss uh, in Elite, and it's like... To me, it just... It feels like it's skewed so heavily to multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Like, solo play is a nightmare, uh, b- before you're like completely leveled <laughs> up, 
So it getting there so well. If you didn't play with anyone ever and you wanted to max the skill tree, you would be playing this game for uh, a decade. <laughs> like it, it would just take so long. Yeah. And then only then would you be able to consistently beat runs. Uh, it feels it feels very skewed, and and I think that the the death system is a big uh, factor in that. For sure. Oh no. I've fallen. It's, you're going to need to come over here and pick me up so that we can keep playing the the podcast after, after the, the break. break. <laughs> All right. Oh, before you get up. Uh-huh. I'm going to stop. I'm going to clap this here uh-huh. because I do want this to be recorded. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was something that you mentioned at, like, the first two minutes of the podcast. Uh-huh. And I was like, that isn't the time for me to just talk about ads for mobile games oh, for yeah. like some time. <laughs> but I do want to I do want to bring this up because it's been stewing for a while. Okay. Uh I've had a a paradigm shift in YouTube advertisements. Okay. They have left the realm of anything I would ever purchase and I now get exclusively ads for mobile games. And I know why. It's because I don't skip them. Because they're so fucking good. (laughs) The ads for mobile games are an art form, and I love them. Uh, And I was watching them, and there were just a few that really, like, stood out to me. Uh, One of them starts the ad. It's like a 30-second ad. And immediately comes in some guys just like, Don't, if you play this game... If you play this fucking game, don't hatch the dragon at the beginning of the game. <laughs> I was like, what is the what is the situation where you have to start the ad for your game with an essential strategy tip <laughs> to make it make sense? And I was like, okay, whatever. They're yeah, targeted yeah. at kids. Yeah. <laughs> so Obviously, yeah. Uh, like, oh my god, I need to not hatch the dragon. <laughs> That's been now the secret the whole time. Uh, <laughs> now I'll be uh, so good at this game. <laughs> uh, I told you about the, the ad for the Lord of the Rings strategy game. Yeah. Where it's like Aragorn and Gandalf texting each other in the blue and white bubbles. Which is funny for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one... That was, uh, that it's like this game that's obviously not what the actual game is because that's the current pandemic of issues with mobile games. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing. The fake game that they were advertising is like an angle based game where you shoot a gun and the bullet bounces and you're supposed to shoot around the thing and hit the bad guy. Mm. But in the app, because they want you to get angry at the person playing and go download the game so you can be like, I can do better than that guy, whatever. It's not a bad strategy. True. The, and it is frustrating to watch, but he keeps shooting himself. Like, you just shoot straight ahead at the wall and it bounces back and hit him. But, like, the bad guy's like a pirate. And whenever he shoots him, he does, like, a Fortnite dance. <laughs> Like, the pirates, like, ah, got him. Like, he did anything. And that cracks me up. And then the last one I want to talk about is just this one that starts with this dude walking down the street with a girl. And then this guy runs up and says, like, hey, is that your girlfriend? He's like, yeah, what of it? He goes, if you break up with her right now, I'll give you a brand new iPhone. And the guy's like, get lost. And he starts to walk away. And then the guy goes, huh, if you can get to level 10 in this game... (laughs) 
then I'll still give you the brand new iPhone. And the guy fucking whips around and like takes his sunglasses <laughs> off and he goes, I already got to level 20 in this game and holds the phone up. And the guy goes, how? And then he goes, because I didn't hatch the dragon at the start of the game. <laughs> oh God. When that happened, I shit Every pair of pants that I own. It's the best. It's the best film I've seen all year. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's my shtick on mobile games. I, I can add to the pile here. Oh fuck yes! I, I remember. I don't get nearly as many, but like, um, I do remember. You're really gonna curate it for this, some reason. Yeah, uh, I remember this ad that was like. Hey, do you remember those ads <laughs> for the game where you like you pull the pins out and the water moves around or whatever? And I was like, okay, I guess. Oh. <laughs> and then he's like, and you know how it wasn't really it, how it wasn't a real game. <laughs> I was like, is that the thing that people were saying about it? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it would just look stupid. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like a oh yeah, go play this game that is real. Blah 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 or whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I just find that really strange. Like it just it feels like these kinds of ads are like written by an ai or they're made by people who are just like desperately <laughs> throwing everything at the wall trying to make like a viral hit ad right and i'm inadvertently helping by talking about <laughs> it right now yeah it's just it's so strange yeah my advice to anyone on the planet who has a similar sense of humor to me is to watch every mobile game ad and never ever in a billion years download a mobile game. <laughs> Unless it's one that we've talked about here on the No Clip Podcast. <laughs> Alright, let's take that break. After the break. But I guess it just makes sense, because people are excited to play it on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway, welcome back. I'm just going to cut in on people are excited to play it on the weekend, and yeah. just have I them figure like, it out. What were we talking... I felt like there was something we were talking about at the beginning of that long tangent that I thought should go in, but then we went into stuff that I thought should definitely not... <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. These are problems for future Chad. These are. So anyway. So anyway, welcome back to the podcast about Gunfire Reborn and not about games from 1983. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, we should talk, I guess, a little bit uh, on the second half of the whole entire podcast. Uh -huh. about mechanics? Yeah, about shooting with guns. Uh, this is a first-person shooter, um, and we've been playing them more recently, I feel like. Uh, maybe not, like, super <laughs> a lot more, uh -huh. but, you know, on occasion we'll we'll do a shooter. Yeah, it's not like it used to be, mm -hmm. where I was afraid I'd have nothing to say <laughs> if we talked about a shooter. Yeah. Uh, and this game, I, I made the comparison earlier to Borderlands, and I think that it, it fits in a couple of different ways. Um, and in terms of the actual shooting part of it, I think that similar to Borderlands, the games have, or the guns, have a sort of numbers-centric approach to them, more so than a, like, game-feel approach. 
Yeah, yeah. I also wrote down it feels a lot like Borderlands and a lot like like Diablo, mm-hmm. like like a loot shooter. Yeah, if that is the appropriate term. <laughs> I um, think Borderlands coined the term looter shooter. Mm. Uh, so you were, you were off by two letters. Um, but yeah, like I. I, I don't know how much I'm on record saying this, but like I don't really like the Diablo style loot system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But, Stay um, tuned for when we might do a Diablo. We, game. we will eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I feel like in the beginning it's something that can actually be beneficial and like help you learn the game. Uh, but like after it, it, I just feel like it gets so tedious and so old so fast to like. Every time fucking five guns explode out of something, you have to go around and, like, look and read the description to everything. It's just, like, in an action game where you're running around and shooting stuff, like, it it just gets tiring. You have to, like, stop and read all these descriptions and compare and always being like, is there a better gun? And then, like, if you do find a better gun, you're like, well, fuck. Like, I, this one is already plus eight, and now I had to start over with a new one mm-hmm. and plus it, it whatever it's at. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I it just feels kind of clunky to me in like a shooter. Yeah, it makes more sense in an RPG. Yeah, I, the the Diablo system, and if you haven't played, have you played zero Diablo games? No, I haven't played it at all. Okay, in the early Diablo games, they had a backpack uh, where you would pick stuff up. And then your backpack would be full. And then you'd go, oopsie, <laughs> now I have to figure out if I want to keep the stuff that I have or throw it on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then th- as the games had progressed, that became more and more lenient. Like You still fill your inventory, but you can pick up a lot more stuff in more recent games. Uh, and that's pretty much true across all games, I think. Pokemon, fuck the backpack limit. They got mm-hmm. rid of that. Uh, Borderlands. Well, they didn't I think do that even... as like a intentional design decision. <laughs> I thought they had a. There was like a. No, it was just memory limitations in the first game. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. They, I think the DS games were the first ones they didn't have it because it was the first game that they could do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of it's just like a thing that's being phased out of games. Yeah. Even if it, sometimes it's a technological reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. In in Diablo, you would pick up a bunch of stuff, and it's all color-coded, so you just grab the good stuff, and then you leave, and you go to town, and that's when you sort through all your shit. Borderlands, like we talked about on the Borderlands episode, go listen to that on Tiny Tina's Wonderland that we did last year, uh, was it, the problem was that you would stop doing everything to stop and look at the gun to see if you wanted to pick it up. Yep. And in this game, it kind of has a similar problem. And it's one of those things that I agree with you a hundred, maybe even a hundred and two percent on. Uh-huh. I think you were for sure correct. It is a problem in the game design mm-hmm. because it makes you stop doing the thing that you want to be doing to fiddle around with little numbers. And it's even worse in multiplayer because then other people might have to wait for you. They have to sit and wait and everybody goes into the vault except me because yeah, I'm like, still trying to figure you? out what the skills do. Uh but I also uh, completely disagree, and it's my favorite thing about it. I know games. that you love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's a problem that I have with myself, you know? Like, I'm like, I, I want to hate this because it's bad game feel, it's waiting, it's all the stuff that I don't like. But 
that I have a bug in my brain <laughs> that eats up numbers like a, a parasite. And so when I see a new gun drop, I want to compare it and see like, oh, do these new inscriptions do more things for the build I'm going for and that kind of a thing. And we can talk about that nitty gritty part mm-hmm. later. But for the most part, I agree. Yeah. I remember I played um, Darksiders 2 mm-hmm. um, when that came to the Wii U, uh, believe it or not. And um, it uses Diablo loot drops as well because it's like a Captain Planet of games. Um, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It, but it's actually pretty good. Maybe we'll talk about it someday. Yeah, I think um, but, uh I just remember like it's like the same thing. Like For a while, I'm like actually comparing everything. And then at a certain point, my eyes just glaze over, and I'm like, is there a big number? <laughs> and then I am like, okay, that that number bigger than that number, mm-hmm. I'll, so I'll take it. And it, it just, I don't know, it just really wears me out. Yeah. I think it's just one of those mechanics that is really compelling for a certain type of person. Yeah. And not, and some games if do it, it gracefully. If it happened less often, mm-hmm. it's just like, how fucking frequently... <laughs> A gun drops, and you have to stop and look at it. Yeah. Like, uh And the... Because, like, I mean, any RPG, you get new weapons. Right. But, like, having them spew out of every enemy is, like, where what I think makes it annoying. Yeah. And this game, it's like, you probably get... In one level, you're probably getting, like, 12 to 15 new things to have to look at just in drops. Oh, yeah. And then you've got scrolls. And, which we've never mentioned, yeah. and uh, the actual ability tree, which we also didn't really talk about. So there is some meat left on these bones. Yeah. Uh, and it, these are things that like smooth out the more experience you are with the game, but also that still... Fu- I feel like the info experience of this game is so finicky there's so much just grinding you have to do and part of that is brain grinding once i like the dog i played for once i like got a handle on it i played him like many times because i sank resources into his skill tree yeah and eventually i got to a point where i was like okay when this skill shows up i click on that and that's the thing i want and so I would make my build and know, like, what was good and what w- wasn't good, or rather, like, what was good for the route I was currently headed down. But I never got there with most of the other characters in the game, with the exception of now the rabbit, as I have two characters I can play. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you switch the characters more often, which I think you should, the game doesn't is not built for that. Mm-hmm. You end up in that same problem with the guns, where now you're just looking at cups for longer, and you're like, yeah. oh, geez, this one's good deals p- plus point four damage, percent damage, etc., etc. Yeah, that was always, like... The, it's the kind of mechanic that, like, makes me feel dumb. <laughs> and I, I feel I express this about a couple of things that are like kind of similar where it's like I sit there and I read them and it's like, it's hard to know like what they're actually going to do. And like, there's something about it. Like for me where I'm like, it almost like, isn't even worth it to actually sit there and read them every time. Yeah. And just like pick the one that says like, you just skim it, skim it for like, Plus 100%, like, 
when you kill something and be like, right. okay. That like, seems good. Yeah, that seems good. Like, it just, it feels like the amount of time it takes to parse all of it doesn't feel worth it mm-hmm. to me, which makes, always make, it's the kind of mechanics that feel like kind of impenetrable. Like, they almost give me like, not choice paralysis, but like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. No, it makes sense. They think... annoy me, though, and then they make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you do. It's just, I said it earlier, it's just a different, it's a it's appealing to different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. There are tons of people who love these games, and there are more that can't fucking stand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just like, the, the it is it is like a, potentially like a left brain, right brain kind of thing. I think that's what it is. Like, I I wish it was like, because I don't hate it, like what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's like the presentation of it. Like, if you could put it in simpler terms. Man, that's what I was thinking as yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you attack things, you do... <laughs> plus, like, I don't know, like, sometimes they're like big paragraphs. Yeah. And, like, I feel like you could just highlight key words and say it all in a short sentence. Man. So, there's this game. Not, I, I mean, yeah, you've played it before. It's called, it's called Hades. Mm. I always hesitate. It's almost like it highlights the important it words. It highlights the important in words. In the descriptions and, pr- and presents it in a way that's easy to understand. And is a short sentence. Yeah. This obviously has... It doesn't like, make you feel stupid. <laughs> yes. I always hesitate to bring up Hades because, like, I feel like if you're a roguelike fan, you're fucking sick of people talking about Hades. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is... The, for anyone who's new to the genre since the release of Hades, it is the gold standard to compare to. Uh, it's like how nobody could stop talking about Celeste a few years ago and how nobody Meat has boy. still not been able to t- stop talking about Dark Souls. Right. It's just these games that hit highs in the genre. And even if it's not your cup of tea, you have to acknowledge yeah. how well we it's designed. We call them Watershed titles? Watershed titles. Uh, that's a no-clip exclusive vocabulary term uh-huh. that no one else says. <laughs> no one uses that but us. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Hades does the same thing. This game is like if you walked into the cereal aisle, and instead of having <laughs> the names of the cereal, it just gave you the list of ingredients. And you're like, which one of these is peanut butter crunch? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. So you gotta look through the ingredients, find the one that has peanut butter, and hope you don't get Reese's Puffs. Uh, because it's just, it's a ton of information, and the names aren't that informative yeah like i made fun of fucking what intimacy with the sword or whatever the (laughs) hell it it was called (laughs) uh that was one of the the rabbit skills Uh every time i saw it i remembered the name i obviously don't still remember the name but i remembered it for being silly but it didn't tell me what the skill did I knew it was a sword-related skill, and maybe mm-hmm. there'd be some fucking involved, uh, but I didn't really get anything else out of it from the name. I had to read the skill ability every mm-hmm. time to know. So, yeah, it eases up with experience, obviously, but, like, man, the presentation is not great. Yeah. it just it may, I guess it makes me, like, self... Because it's also a social game, mm-hmm. I think it, like, makes me self-conscious I'm going to misinterpret what it says, and then someone's going to be like, oh... You dumb idiot. You dumb idiot. Why aren't you using this? <laughs> well, that happened. You saw that happen to me where I like yeah. why I picked up a scroll and said, oh, this does nothing for me. And uh, yeah, you dropped it. Yep. And then someone else looks at it and they're like, actually. You do want this because you there's a semicolon in this that you just ignored. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I 
really dislike mechanics like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's fair. It's I like, think it's like alienating fair. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not a person who gets down with that, because that is like the reason I play the game mm-hmm. and am st- have still been playing the game and want to continue playing the game is because I love making those little A to B connections. Yeah. And where I'm like, oh, this skill works well with this other skill, and if I'm focused on this particular thing, it gets better, uh, creating synergies. It's the But the onboarding experience is so rough, and if that's not your cup of tea, it just isn't ever going to be. Yeah, I feel like I could get into that sort of thing if it doesn't feel like I have to take a test Yeah, every time that I come across one. <laughs> <laughs> but even like to a, a more limited extent, like we talked about... On the Persona 5 episode, mm. JJ and I spending a bunch of time trying to, like, min-max the Personas in the White Room, or yeah. the whatever it's called. The Velvet Room. The Velvet Room. That's um, a little bit different. Um, that one, that one, I feel, it's more like, uh, at least to me, mm-hmm. which, once again, let brain right, brain. I'm the more creative one, uh-huh. and, like, most of my friends are the opposite of me. <laughs> uh, We're I mean, all logical I think I'm, robots. I'm right in... That's the more creative one, right, Brand? Oh, I have no fucking idea. Anyway, if I'm wrong, take a shit on my face in the comments. Yeah, um, I'm too left-brained to know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like, to me, like the appeal of that's more just like a pure experimentation thing and less of a numbers thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you disagree with that, but like for me, like it's not that I don't like doing that kind of stuff. It's just like. The appeal wears thin really fast for me. Right. And, like, they have an option, which is amazing, in Persona 5 called Fuse by Result. And it'll just tell you the best things you can make. And I was like, that's just what I always did. Yeah. And that's totally... And I did it on occasion as well. It's like, there's a difference in that, obviously, because there's more of a... There's a different end goal, I guess. Also, once again, there's just so many things you can combine. Right. It's like a quantity thing. Mm. Like, I just, like... Oh my god, I don't want to sit here and like fucking put all these different Lego pieces together to see which one's the best. Yeah. That's very unappealing to me. Also the on the uh the auto build system in uh in Xenoblade three mm. that is like there as a necessity because there's just six so many trillion things. things that you could potentially do. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree. And honestly the presentation thing is a good way of putting it, because I think like in my head, the thing about the game that's fun is like a spreadsheet, which is not fun in yeah. in most people's minds. Um, and it's because it is abstracted and becomes gameplay at the end of it. Yeah. But if you don't want to engage with that, it's just not going to be... It's just going to be the gameplay, and your gameplay is going to be suboptimal mm-hmm. uh, skill issue. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that is that is the thing. Because this game has character choice, uh, which is pretty easy, because there's only like six of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a skill tree, not the skill tree, the skills in the cups. Right. Those abilities. Uh, which there are a ton of. But you could technically read up on before. Nobody's ever going to do that. I've tried to do it. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me Blitzball flashbacks. <laughs> I was like, this is too much to take in at one time and try to remember. So I went to do it on the fly. And then there's the scrolls, of which there's, like, I think 106 of them or something. There are a lot. It's a shitload. There's no way you keep all those in your head at all times. Uh, So there's just, it's a ton of combinations of stuff, and it's hard to keep track of all of it. 
is what For we're saying. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are there is a type of person that's all about that, mm-hmm. and you were kind of that person. Yep, and it's me. Yeah, <laughs> when we first started playing this, like you weren't like a duck in water, but I was like, oh, this is like exactly Chad's kind of game. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I was I mean, not at all surprised that you were, like, playing it by yourself, you know. Well, I had to... To me, I wanted to experience the solo uh, thing for the podcast only, and not because I wanted to mm-hmm. grind up any experience points to fill out the tree. That had no bearing right. on it at all, uh, <laughs> in any way. Uh, so what kind of guns do you like? Uh, it, man, it's this game changed me. It didn't. I just have <laughs> a preference in this changed game. changed me. <laughs> in, like, 99.01% of games, slightly mm-hmm. over almost all of them, uh, I am a shotguns and, like, I guess bolt action, like, single shotguns that do lots of damage and require marksmanship. And that is, those are the two things I like. Very close up. Very far away. Mm-hmm. Mid range, not for this guy. In this game, I only like automatic weapons. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I don't really know why that is. The launchers were fun, but I think, like in every game that has multiple rocket launchers, they fuck up most of them and they feel like trash to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I I'm not as experienced with shooters, but like I feel like I like mid range the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, like I feel like, and I love a shotgun and like a survival horror. But like oh, yeah. I, 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 any of like the multiplayer things I've played, I've never really liked shotguns. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the gun feel. Yeah. Um, like gun. Yeah, the, the shotguns just felt like they sucked. <laughs> it's like um, they don't. But they, they feel, feel like, like they it. do. Yeah. Uh, I, and fucking weapon feel is a big reason why I gravitated towards the throwing knife weapons. Yeah. I don't know how weird or common that is, if they're any good in, like, the metagame or whatever. But, like, I don't know. There's something about them and, like, how frequently they trigger the critical hit sound effect while you're throwing them, like, in the pacing at which you throw them. And mm-hmm. it's, like, everything about them was, like, the most satisfying thing in the game to me, so I just always would use them. Yeah. I I actually totally forgot about this. I was going to, to mention it when I brought up the Borderlands comparison, because when I say that the games took a, a strong numbers focus on the guns, mm-hmm. as opposed to a game feel function, it's like, this game actually does better than Borderlands, in my opinion, in terms of making the individual guns, like, as you shoot them, feel impactful like the basic the foundry like the gun that you Mm -hmm. start with still feels chunky like it has a good sound presence uh and like the headshot sound like you said like putting a headshot sound in a game yeah yeah, that is just a necessity nowadays don't think about not doing that Uh, cause I play Overwatch all as games well. should be the same and every game should That's be exactly we the same we all know this <laughs> Anyway, continue. Yeah, because I, I also play Overwatch, and obviously they're a big company and have a ton of money to pour into this kind of stuff and also did most of the work fucking eight years ago when the first game came out. Uh-huh. But, like, all of the guns in that game feel satisfying to shoot, uh, but that headshot sound is a dopamine thing. Mm-hmm. That's just human psychology. Uh, and I think that including a similar sound in this game is is a direct attempt at, like, it is. It makes you want to play more because you want to get that 
that same hit sound. So I think the yeah, the throwing knives, the kunai and shit mm-hmm. were fun to use for that reason as well. And I think I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that the tiger guy is supposed to be the throwing knives dude. He does sniper rifles. Yeah, he's a sniper. I don't know if the throwing knives count. No, they definitely don't count as snipers, but they do they are critical focused right. weapons. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to ones that just pump shit out. Yeah. Uh but yeah, most for the most part the guns fall into the Borderlands mold, but I think a few of them don't. Uh, and even mm-hmm. like it's in the same weapon class, like there's a sniper called the Lightning Kasana that feels like a wet thud when it hits something, and then there's another one that's called like the Fire Bolt. Probably, I don't know something uh, that feels really good to you. So like they, it's weird that they hit and miss in like very similar ways sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you. I'm sure you experimented with more guns than I did, uh, but it, it felt pretty similar to Borderlands to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, as far as like, a lot of the guns didn't feel like the way I expect guns to feel in video games. Mm-hmm. Like, like you'll fire one, like a like an automatic weapon, and it'll just kind of go like. Duh. And, like, you know, like it doesn't really feel like it's firing bullets. Right, yeah. They all feel kind of weak. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but this game does have a few every once in a while that will. Like, mm-hmm. I got this one crossbow that uh, fired in spurts, and when it shoots you, it's going to hurt. Um, but, like, it would shoot, like... The sting. Yeah, it would shoot, like, three bullets, three bullets, and then it would shoot a really big one. Right. Like, a charged-up thing. And, like, that felt really amazing to use. Yeah. Like, I really liked that weapon. Uh, like, the, the, the big um, charge-up shot at the end feels like how a shotgun's supposed to feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, the this is also a, a thing that Borderlands has been doing forever, which is just having guns that have, like, a weird quirk about yeah. them. Like, it has a... Uh, like fish weapons? Yeah, like the fish weapon or like the kunai that you like. There's one that like bounces all over the place. Yeah, then, it like... bounces off the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fire one, some of them will do that too, where they'll kind of bounce off the walls and like little fireworks will shoot off and stuff. Yeah, like crazy shit like that. And uh, th- some of them are, are mechanically interesting. There's a shotgun, and I could just not be experienced enough to have seen this before, mm-hmm. but I've never seen this mechanic done where it it's a double-barreled shotgun that fires the first shot when you click, and then the second shot when you lift off of the click. So when you unclick, right. <laughs> it fires when the second shot. When you finish the click. When you finish the click. Yeah. And it's actually really cool to use. Like, it's, an, it's a different way of physically playing the game than you're used to. Uh, and when the game did stuff like that, it really drew me in. Uh, but otherwise, like, I don't know, the guns are medium, they, especially with me. Like, I was yeah. using characters that used automatics, and they all feel pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just a mixed bag. I think you were saying that earlier. Yeah, like, there are some that are really cool, but I think the majority of them are just kind of, like, feel interchangeable. Yeah. I think that's fair because most of them kind of do fall into that camp. Uh, but there are, yeah, the the ones that are special. There's the one, I can't remember so what it was special. called, oh. but like it was like a little monster that you fed fish to. 
Oh, that's hell. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Like, wh- that's so cool. It's great. Yeah, it, it may- takes, has great sound effects. Yeah, it takes way too long to reload it, but uh, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, the shtick with that gun, which I also like, is a thing that other games have done. Is like you load, but you can stop reloading yeah. at any point and shoot with just that many uh, in the mm-hmm. chamber. You just throw one bullet and shoot. Pull throw one and shoot. shoot throw yeah. One and shoot. Or just, like, really when you have time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I always really liked stuff like that. This game has, like, a million different combinatorial fucking elements to it, though. Like, I was using it on a character where whenever I dashed, it reloaded it. So I didn't have to reload at all. (laughs) Just shoot and then dash and then do it again. So it's... It, it is interesting because yeah. the guns have different strengths and weaknesses that you can build around as yeah. well. Yeah, I think when I the one that I had, like the magazine was like fifty bullets, <laughs> so he just had to sit there and throw fifty fish into its mouth, <laughs> and it was like the most annoying shit ever. Uh, that sounds incredible, actually. I would yeah. like to do. I mean, it was that. funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's the thing. Like, there are some weapons that really stand out. And then others that feel less. And it, it feels like there's some that have gimmicks that are just sort of glued on to try and make them stand out that don't really work. There's a the, the Star Devourer reloads when you stop firing it. Mm-hmm. And otherwise it just, like, shoots slowly. It's not a really engaging and really hard to manage concept. There's a glove that has, like, a timing minigame attached to it. It's, it's strange. Like, some of them are real hits and other ones aren't. And it's... Yeah interesting that way uh so one other mechanic that i i kind of like it, it, it felt like the motivator uh for me while playing are the vaults uh-huh. uh i think it's cool that you have to activate them it's like a pretty simple thing like you just have to notice like a little spot on the wall and shoot it mm-hmm. but like i found that like fun to look out for and i liked them like when they were like boss fights or like other things like that but like there are rooms that are like trap rooms with big rolling boulders and stuff or platforming challenges yeah we all knew that this podcast was leading here. yeah and i think that they're bad and terrible mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what anybody was thinking with the platforming ones I mean, like, i we we've played mirror's edge we yeah. do a video game podcast uh First-person platforming is cool, but it's really hard to do, mm-hmm. and it feels like hot trash in this game. <laughs> I would even say, I would go so far as to say that if first-person platforming was done well, I like it better than other forms of platforming, because mm-hmm. there's a more like chunky, visceral feel to it mm-hmm. than just controlling Mario running around. Um, but, hey... This ain't that in any (laughs) capacity whatsoever. You have very little idea of where you even are, how big you are, or the platforms you're standing on. Uh And I will give just a full hard pass to the trap rooms because they take 15 to 20 seconds to do. Mm -hmm. The platforming rooms take like multiple minutes so if you're There's complaining like time pressure yeah, at the end yeah to get a secondary chest so it's like if you complain about the idea of reading all of the guns and skills and stuff mm-hmm. this takes a hundred guns <laughs> worth to get through yeah and yeah it's 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 so bad 
And, like, you're playing with other people, and you're like, they want to get the reward. Yeah. But I, I when playing, uh, would yeah. just leave. I, I almost <laughs> never got the second chest Yeah, in the platforming rooms. And I'm me, <laughs> Andy Kinnick, lover of platformers. Yes. This it's was, that bad. It's so botched. Yeah. It is the most scuffed thing in this whole game by a huge margin. Yeah, and the, the trap rooms became much less of an issue when I played a character that had a shield. Truth. Oh, and when so I found out the bird could it. just run through stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's, like, stuff you can do to play around that. And the platforming stages, just to make it worse, uh-huh. the, in the tramp room, you can think about, th- ooh, 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 I'm the turtle. Ooh, ooh. ooh, I activate the shield. I walk through the boulder. No problem. Uh-huh. Sick. You used in-game actions to solve the the room in a different way than intended. That's awesome. Right. If you've been playing the game and picking stuff up and then you ended up in a platforming room, you can just be too fast. <laughs> and it becomes way harder to do because now you have less control over, like, precise control over where you are. Mm-hmm. And the rooms don't account for this. So fuck you <laughs> for even playing the game. Uh, these, honestly, like, if I was working at fucking... Uh, <laughs> Do ye games? Mm-hmm. I would just say, please cut these out. Remove them from the game completely. The game instantly becomes better because of it. <laughs> uh-huh. They 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 add nothing. They're terrible. They're time wasters. And I feel like because they've been in the game for as long as they are, they'll never take them out. Yeah, yeah. it's just going to be, and they won't improve them at all. Like it just feels like that's going to happen if they fix it. In you know when we're big and famous and you're listening to this uh-huh. in the future at some point, fucking good on you for being able to identify a shit mechanic and remove it from your game. Right. Yeah, and it's like not even like simple stuff either. It's like annoying jumps where you have to like jump around a blind corner. Yep. It's and that's the thing. Like because I said the game wasn't wasn't really janky. It was just unpolished. Mm-hmm. This is not. <laughs> yeah this is janky it's and got bad. it's got its pieces of jank yeah and this is the biggest piece <laughs> <laughs> i would love to hear from somebody who likes this i'd love to watch jj try one of them <laughs> that's what i was thinking uh and like if i hate this yeah is it possible for it to loop back around and he loves it <laughs> he, he's like this is great <laughs> It's good because when you said that, I heard I would like to see a man die. Yeah, I'd like to see someone kill themselves and lose a love of gaming and never touch a video in that game order again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It could. It could. Pac Man maze come uh, around yeah. the other side, and suddenly he's like, "No, it's genius." <laughs> They're using the game's weakness of having a floaty, shitty jump in an unpredictable uh, system in a way to make you learn to use it. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> if it, even if, if there was platforming in the main game, and so while we're talking about things about this game that are fucking stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the platforming doesn't apply to the main game. You do the platforming in the platforming zone, then you come back to the game and you have fun. Like, right. it's just two separate things. In the main game, there is one parentheses numeral one mm-hmm. elevator with a button <laughs> you have to press to lift it up and down uh-huh why 
Why is there an elevator? It's so confusing, because if you don't know about the elevator, like we wouldn't have if we weren't playing with somebody who's played 90 hours of the game, Uh huh. you just get stuck. <laughs> like, where am I supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Everything looks the same. Do I hit the lever before I get on the elevator, <laughs> even after you've identified it? Uh, it's weird. It's real weird how they do these things. Yeah. It does kind of feel like each level was made by a different team of people. Yeah. Except for the second and third levels. Third ones. Yeah. yeah. Those ones are A no, Second and fourth. Oh, second and fourth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Fuck those <laughs> stupid platforming challenges. The vaults is a concept, like you said, yeah. very good. But tried and true in the mm-hmm. in the roguelike universe of being uh, like high a, risk, high extra reward. challenge room, yeah. Yeah. But goddamn, that some of them just <laughs> suck. Yeah. Um, I guess we've kind of talked about them a little bit, but like, do you have any favorite occult scrolls or further opinions on the scrolls? Uh, I think there's a couple. It's weird for me because there are things that I would never use because they're so wild that I like and would consider, like, favorites just because mm-hmm. they they go so hard. I think, yeah, this game does, and with the number of occult scrolls there are, it allows for extremes, and I like that they went there. Mm-hmm. I like the scroll that just takes away your shield and re- and gives you double health, or the one that gives you one health and increases the I, your I shield. I hate that one. <laughs> like, I don't want to use them most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, it's cool that they're there. Yeah, it allows for a difference in play style. And there's some that I use to good effect, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that they were more clear uh, about their implications, I think, in some cases. But for the most part, just good. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, there's so many that it's hard to pick out favorites. Yeah. Um, triple Dash... Triple, I was literally thinking perennial favorite triple dash well, must be one of the best. When I first got it, I thought the one that when you dashed it made a lightning bolt come down would be good. <laughs> but, like, it's never relevant. Yeah. There's also one that just, like, pulses an element out yeah. in a circle. And that just happens so infrequently and doesn't do that much. Mm-hmm. That it, it also just feels like a thing that is there. Uh it's yeah. There's a few that are just very minor. Yeah, it's but it's they're they're more straightforward. Presentation true. better on those. Easier to understand what they do. That is true. Yeah, the the lightning bolt dash one you could have and forget, even though it makes a sound. It's just like it starts to fade into the background. Yeah, you don't see it. Yeah, it's always behind you. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. For the most part, I just like that there are other ways to build into specific things. You can sort of. Taylor, whatever. I yeah. had a run where I was going like 70 miles an hour at all times, and it was a blast. It was like the <laughs> most fun I'd, I'd had. So, and, and the more they offer that allows for it, and there's even a, a system that you barely got to play around with, I think like one game, mm. uh, where if you have a certain combination of like character, weapon, and then abilities or scrolls in a big list, you just, mm-hmm. like, get three of them. It activates an additional special ability. They're called spiritual links. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so those are really cool as well because it, it does sort of, like, let you 
it gives you other places to make decisions to yeah. tailor your build for a specific reason. Yeah, more goals yeah. to work towards. More goals, more stuff to read. All my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like going for a duo boon in Hades. Exactly. It is like going for a duo boon in Hades. Now it's like a, a trio boon. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. <laughs> I do wish, if I had a note, I think that the the fact that there are so many scrolls does make it impossible to... Be like, I'm going to go for this one. Yeah. You, you can't really build around scrolls. You can a little bit build around weapons, but you can't go in in the way in Hades. I could say, I'm just going to get every Ares boon. In this one, you kind of have to... It's it's much more random. It's much closer yeah. to a traditional roguelike than the modern roguelite, where you can kind of like influence it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do we have gunfire thoughts? <laughs> All right. My gunfire thoughts are, uh, this was like a fun experience. I think, um, I, um, I, it's a game for me that's carried a lot by the social element. I've never really been a huge online game person. I did not have like a good computer or internet connection. I was in high school. It's so, like, I didn't play world of Warcraft I didn't play Team Fortress. I didn't play Counter-Strike. I didn't mm. have those experiences that a lot of people my age did. Um, so I, I'm not as, like, endeared to multiplayer games as some people are. But, like, I do enjoy them, like, whenever um, I get the chance to play them. Uh, and, like, it, it's kind of like I get, like, ferried on a little uh, unfamiliar experience. Uh, and it, And, yeah, like... I definitely made immediate comparisons to Borderlands, but, like, for the most part, I haven't really played much stuff that similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, and it was fun. Yeah, like, I like the uh, cartoony characters. Like, I went off such a f- long way having a friend to carry us through the game mm-hmm. to make it less, like, frustrating. Like, if every time we played, it was just the two of us and we were dying the whole time, yeah. it would have felt like a chore to play this to me. <laughs> uh personally but um i think like the there's the core of this game that's there is good uh there is a lot of there's some jank there's some lack of polish um and things like that but like i think the game's biggest problems are like it's maybe got too many things in it uh like there's so many abilities there's so many scrolls there's so many like upgrades and things uh, and maybe that's what they want, but like I think it would be, in my opinion, better if they could pare things down a bit and like maybe make like synergies between like scrolls and weapons and abilities like more clear, like what characters, what scrolls good for specific characters with specific weapons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They maybe color code some stuff, uh, so it doesn't feel as much like you're just kind of like have to do the homework to figure out like what the fuck is good Mm. with you know for what you're trying to do um so yeah i think this was a fun time carried by the social element for me and not something that i would have ever played uh if we weren't doing it for the podcast so i always like those experiences when they're like a nice pleasant uh a nice pleasant one so yeah like 
mixed feelings, but like I can't really be that down on it because it was just kind of like a light, fun time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to look at this game. I think that if you're considering, like if you're in the position, if you're a, cons- a game consumer and you're looking at this game as something to potentially buy and play, um, you probably likely already know that this is the kind of game that you want to be playing and just need somebody to tell you, like, it is, in fact, good. Um, It's one of those things. It's like, it it is a game that's very social-focused. It really needs to be played with other people. And I'm... (laughs) I didn't mention this during the recording, weirdly, but I did try and, and do a game with random people with matchmaking, and it took me back to, like, 2004, where <laughs> I, like, clicked on the matchmaking button. and you like, waited a half hour? I waited, like, a half hour, and, like, one guy showed up, and then I waited, like, 30 seconds to see if anybody else would show up, and he fucking left. Yep. I literally could not get a game with two people <laughs> or more at any point during the time I played this game. And it's probably, I think the only people playing online are, like, at max level or something, and it wasn't matching me with them. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting situation uh, online. But if you have a dedicated group of friends to play this with, and you're the kind of people who already like games like this, not even roguelikes, you don't even have to think about this as a roguelike, because a run... It's about an hour and a half. It takes about the same amount of time as playing a round of, like, Left 4 Dead. So if that is your kind of shit, this game is is good for that. I think the presentation either needs work or just needs to stay how it is and they need to really pour into gameplay and future updates like they seem to be planning. Uh... Because it is, it's really not that much to write home about. It, the characters look good. The music is serviceable. The levels and stuff are not as uh, diverse as I would like. But if you're sitting there and you have the world's largest white Russian, but with not enough vodka. <laughs> and you're just out to have a good time that night. Uh, it's not going to matter to you. You're just going to talk to your friends and have fun and shoot monsters, and that's what this game provides. It is a light experience. Uh, it is can be a number-crunchy experience if you want it to be, uh, and I think that's all it needs. It is, it's a simple game, but a good one. So uh, I give it 85.2 out of 100. Uh <laughs> IGN.com. IGN.com. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Shadows Over Loathing, uh, which is uh, the sort of sequel, not a sequel. Follow-up. Yeah, to West of Loathing. Spiritual successor. Which was in itself a spiritual successor to Kingdom of Loathing, Mm -hmm. uh, which we didn't talk about, but if you want to, you can go listen to that episode on West of Loathing that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very much a similar type of game. It's a straightforward uh, turn-based RPG uh, with a bunch of items and shit in it, but this one's Lovecraft-focused. And literally the very second that I learned of its existence, I bought it. Yeah, if you like, like, comedic adventure games or RPGs at all, like, 
play West of Loathing or Shadows of Loathing. Yeah. They're very good and charming. Very well written. Yeah. Those are our final thoughts for next episode. So you can just (laughs) skip that one. Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, our YouTube, and see all of our old episodes, including the one that we did on West of Loathing, uh, on Hades, Tiny Tina's Tiny Wonderland, Wonderland uh, on Vampire Survivors shortly. Not out yet, be next week, mm-hmm. but whatever. But you're listening to this in the future, as we established. Exactly, because most of the people who are going to listen to the episode are going to be after we become massively famous. Exactly, so. yeah. yeah. Get us to 100 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> that's that's the that's going to be the tipping point, <laughs> I know it. Uh, and so, tip that subscribe button. Tip your server. To, and pff, drive safe. <laughs> In the comment section. (laughs) Like, comment, subscribe. Alright, got my brewski. Yes, Chad, (laughs) you almost knocked stuff over. I did. (laughs) No, it was all very stationary. (laughs) Nothing bad happened at all. Oh, okay.